Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're about to hear another episode of Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Today is, what day is it? I don't know, <laughs> September something, September 26th, wow, it's almost October, September 26, 2021, and this is show 834. Again, want to thank uh, Jen for joining me last week, uh, doing that fun show on continuum and time travel. Uh, and you got another show this week. No skip week, no guest host. Hopefully, probably a guest host or or maybe a rerun next week will probably be the case. But this week, uh, the main topic, I'm going to do commentary about the fourth episode of uh, in season one of Star Trek Discovery. That's the episode that has the, I don't know, maybe the one of the longest titles in Trek episode not quite the long longer. There was a TOS episode for the World is Hollow when I have touched this guy, pretty long title. But this one is called the The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. You know, it. I I thought. I mean, I I get the whole like Shakespeare. I think that's a Shakespeare thing. I, I'll have to look that up. I think it is. But they use a lot of Shakespeare type stuff in titles in their early uh, season, first season, and stuff. It's okay. I, I get it and all, but it's it's a little wordy. Come on. And and I don't know. I find it a little bit like you could say it in a different way. But anyway, it's fine. The But that is the episode I'm going to watch and comment along uh, while I watch it with you guys. And I guess I'll be playing it on, uh, I, uh, let's see, I guess Paramount Plus, right? This is the only thing that shows Discovery. Uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy right now about Netflix um, not having Trek anymore. We'll talk a little bit about that maybe in the beginning of the show, but also got a contest uh, winner to announce and a few other things uh, before we get into the episode talk. But uh, yeah, hey, let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. folks uh welcome again welcome to treks in sci-fi i'm happy to be here happy to be podcasting again kind of doing a kind of a pretty much normal kind of an episode this week got a few things to talk about first then we'll get into the discovery commentary about that fourth episode i think i'm a little loud on the mic here i'm gonna dial this down just a little bit or i'm talking loud i don't know maybe i'm just excited 
I am. This is fun. It's actually fun because the last few weeks uh, I've been super busy, been doing a lot of work. I put up some pictures on the Facebook group. I've been kind of creating over, uh, this started about really like early summer or whatever. I, I, I decided to take the plunge. I, I've talked about this. I talked about it on the anniversary podcast a few weeks ago. Decided to take the plunge and got a storage unit. And, and this is sort of a sequence of things. I keep calling it to my wife. It's all part of the plan. I call her. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, back in the A-team days. I love it when a plan comes together. So I got a, I, I decided to get a little storage unit, indoor storage unit, climate controlled. I, I've I'm a big collector. I'll admit it. I admit it. <laughs> the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? Although I would say that in the last several, for quite a while, my collecting is 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 not like it used to be in in different ways. It's gone on to more like statues, higher end pieces, not as much action figures. Um, I still do comics. I still have quite a few comics, and I still collect get comics each week, paper comics. Um, but so when I decided I wanted to get a storage unit, I've got about a third of the basement that that allowed me to sort of revamp and clear out. I could take a lot of collectibles and comics to the storage unit. Then that meant I could create this little arcade area that I've made still in progress a little bit. Um, and, and also I, I just did yesterday, Lynn and I went over to Ikea on, uh, recently and we got a couple of shelving units that I wanted for kind of larger books, larger comic collections, these things called omnibuses. If anyone who reads comic collections, you're familiar with that. It's, it's essentially just a big, heavy book, uh, hardcover, typically hardcover, uh, with, um, many issues of a comic series in them. Uh, it's it's a nice thing because it's all collected kind of in, in these format um, instead of collect, collecting all the paper versions. I'm primarily sticking to buying those collections of things that I have not read in, in the paper form. I, I'll probably buy a few things that I've read. Like, uh, you know, I've loved the X-Men and the old, old X-Men comics and old Spider-Man comics are probably two types of collections, maybe even old Star Wars comics that I have in paper form. I don't really have actually a lot of older Star Wars comics. I wasn't really collecting as many comics back then. But um, like the Marvel run that they did, Marvel had Star Wars, the Star Wars license for a long time. Um, they actually have it again right now. Um, but um, anyway, the um, point of all this was basically to say that for for many many weekends and, and even sometimes evenings and during the week a bit i've been working on all this stuff and it's um let's just say it's tiring <laughs> physically <laughs> and uh, i did a lot yesterday i put these I, big ikea shells together and so my point of all this little two or three minute uh, thing is that it's nice to just sit down at a microphone and talk and relax a little bit today i'm gonna kind of take it easy Sunday day of rest, right? Well, I'm doing a podcast. That might people might not think that's a rest. It is. A, it is a bit of work to do a podcast, but it's different. You know, it's more, more mental and 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 talking and and that. And uh, I don't know why I went into this whole tangent, wasting time. Are you guys enjoying this this interesting discussion? But uh, but anyway, um, so my again, it it is nice to sit down and talk, uh, and do the podcast each week. And, and just talk about all these. And, and oh my gosh, I, I, I've said this so many times, but there's so much geeky 
you know, wonderful things these days. And I always find it hard and it, it, it frustrates me a little that, that um, not that people don't appreciate it, but I, I think how quickly people are to sort of like slough something away, like kind of like, I, I comment that everything has to be either loved or hated these days a bit. Um, like, for example, the Shang-Chi movie with Marvel, there were a lot of people online that prior to that movie coming out, and they had released the Spider-Man trailer, and and they're doing this Eternals movie also. And they were all, everybody was like, oh, Spider-Man's going to be great. Those other movies are going to stink, or they're going to be terrible. And Shang-Chi is, is really good. It's gotten good box office even during this time. Uh, it's got good word of mouth. I, I highly, highly recommend you see it sometime if you haven't. If you're into this stuff, if you're into the comics, if you're into Marvel, some great martial arts in that movie. But again, it's 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 sort of um, it wears you down a little bit when you hear you know some of this negativeness online. I know a lot of people it bothers more than probably me. Um, even when I posted up some pictures, <laughs> I posted up some pictures on a different group yesterday. I, I, I guess I'll mention this. It always helps me to talk things out. One of the things I like about the podcast, although I don't really do this that much on the podcast, I do it with friends and family members, but I've always felt that if you talk things out, it makes things sort of feel better or you just get it out. But there was another group, this collector group of, of comics and statues and things. I posted up some pictures of these new shelves I got with some of my... Uh, some of my comic collections, I don't have very much on the shelves yet, actually, because I, I kind of bought them with the idea of, you know, slowly filling them up with things. There's some stuff there. But um, but one guy, you know, had mentioned, oh, you could put, you know, little boxes of, of, you know, your regular weekly issues of comics on there. And he had a little setup and all one guy posts this. And I said, well, I don't need to do that. And I put a picture of all my comics sitting in, in my storage unit. And then that led him to, we had a back and forth over three or four posts of, you know, oh, I would never pay for a storage unit. And I don't know why, you know, I would sell all that, you know, and he, and he used uh, the S word, let's say. I try to keep this a pretty clean podcast. I don't know, although that word has become pretty, I mean, it's it's on regular TV now. Uh, S-H-I-T, he said, you know, well, you know, I'd sell all that, you know, and he called, I, I know he's just using a word, he's not really calling it that. But it just kind of bugged me a bit, you know, for for one, I'm like, I don't care what you or you wouldn't do, Retta. Like, you know, why why should you care what I decide to do? Or, you know, I, I don't, it's the judgment thing that, that bugs me, you know. Like, I, I spent a long time thinking about whether I was going to do this or not, you know, a storage unit thing. And yeah, I get it. You're paying extra. I could get rid of more things and not end up doing that but I, I I really do actually I've only had it a couple of months now and who knows how long maybe I won't keep it for forever and ever or whatever but I like the freedom of of offloading some of this stuff and putting it there and not really it, it is keeping me from deciding what to keep what to get rid of a little right now but it, it does make me feel that the house has you know a little bit more breathing room somewhat I mean, the other alternative, you know, in a way, you, you know, you, yeah, you could get rid of things, but I like the house we have. I like living here and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could move into a bigger home. Our home is, you know, pretty good size. And, it, you know, the boys have moved out. Our sons have moved out. So we've got room, you know, but um, I just, I do like having this thing to just sort of offload some of the, 
this stuff. And and I'm sure everyone listening, everyone listening has to admit that they've got boxes of things. Like I have stuff in the basement or had stuff down here that really hadn't been touched in a long time. And I know all these, you know, people out there and recommendations, you know, people would say like, well, if you haven't touched anything in a long time, you don't really want it or need it. And I'm like, nah. I'll give you the last thing, and I'll get off on this tangent. It's a bit much, uh, and it's already 10 minutes into the show. I don't want to waste too much more, and I'll talk about the contest winner here in a minute, and then we'll get into the Discovery episode. But uh, I have two grandsons now. Uh, one's pretty young, and one's now three three plus. And I, <laughs> this isn't really a joke, but, I, but I've told, uh, I've told uh, Lynn, I've told my wife, I've told some people, I've said – I really actually have this thought that that some of these comics and collectibles and things that I in a few years I'm going to take you know Pappy as they call me um, Pappy's going to take the little grandkids over to this to Pappy's storage unit and we're going to come in and you're going to get a little box or a little bag and whatever you can grab out of Pappy's storage unit you can take home and read and play with or whatever I, and and I think that's going to be fun and I'm looking forward to introducing them I mean my son. Um, who you know is their dad is into comics and collecting and stuff too but he doesn't have some of the old stuff that i have of course so um yeah that's kind of my plan in a way i don't want to just ebay it or do whatever marketplace facebook thing i i'd rather it go to somebody that i uh that i know and will appreciate hopefully and all that stuff so that's kind of my in the back of my mind and and why I've been kind of hanging on to some of these things a bit. I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff actually too. So, okay, and and uh, but that really it kind of irritated me. This guy, the other group. I almost deleted the whole freaking post because, um, it just I don't know. I I just like I I always try to when people put things up, I like oh that's really cool or whatever. And if I don't, as as your mama used to say or whatever says, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything. You know, and then he says, well, I wasn't trying to change your mind. I'm like, well, why did you make three posts about it then? You know, like, uh, you know, okay, I get it. You wouldn't do this. Fine. Don't. But I don't know. It's just weird. I know it's the way the world is. There was even a couple of actors this weekend, (laughs) celebrity people, Stephen Amell, who um, played Arrow on TV. And he's now in this new wrestling show, which I got to get back to watching some more of that. I haven't watched much. Too many new shows. Um but he put up a picture of him in these little pink shorts, and he was basically recommending a book he was reading. Um, don't remember the book. It, you can see it if you follow him on, like, Facebook or Instagram. But but I think somebody must have made some comments about his appearance. He basically just had this little short, this little pair of pink shorts on, <laughs> which I, 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 I admire a guy who can, who can put a picture of himself up online with just a, wearing these pair of pink shorts, you know. That's a moxie. That's a moxie there, but uh, there's an old word for you guys. But the, but I guess some people made some comments about his appearance, you know, and this guy is in super good shape. And I'm like, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? I I would kill to be in the shape he's in. And you know what I mean? Like I, I would, plus I would never really, you know, whether you're big, tall, short, thin, fat, whatever, you know, whatever you look like, if you, if you go, if you put yourself out there, and put a picture of yourself up. I mean, be kind to people. I mean, I think uh, it's it was said on Doctor Who, the the, the previous doctor to Jodie Whittaker. I, I I remember he used to always say the phrase "be kind." You know, it's just I just find it incredible that anyone. And I know it's the internet, and I know people just love to do that kind of junk. 
but it but it's just you know it's ah, i just okay sorry didn't mean to go into this big big rant hey let's go into a different topic here let me pull up for you guys i'm going to move my mic it might 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 hear a little tap or something like that but i'm going to move this mic a little so i can read so i had a contest um that i put up a couple of weeks ago uh, this was sort of a contest sort of to celebrate my anniversary of the podcast and all that. It was to win this um, this book, uh, Star Trek Ships, I think, book on Amazon. I put the link in anyway and this stuff up on um, the Facebook group. But I had asked uh, people to say in, uh, to, to, to send in, sorry, excuse me, to send in their Star Treks, uh, their favorite Star Trek character. So um, I didn't have a lot of entries. I wish I would have had more. I mean, you guys, uh, I only had actually three people email in um, about this. And uh, yeah, so, but the, um, so Jose Tamayo, I think that's how you, uh, uh, he wrote in and said his favorite character was Leonard Bones McCoy, who I have to admit is one of, He's not necessarily maybe, maybe my favorite favorite, but I always have trouble picking the you know the ultimate favorite. Probably be maybe Spock or Kirk, I guess for me. But um, but Jose put in Bones. He said he thinks he's the most grounded of the characters. He's most kind of like the 20th century audience. Uh, he's very human. He's opinionated and emotional. Uh, he's also a steadfast friend, supporter of Kirk. Uh, very loyal. I'm not going to read everything that Jose wrote, but. Yeah, I, I like, uh, and uh, he's also a, that, that interesting dichotomy. I like this line. He says, because he's both the get off my lawn, grunchy old man, kind of afraid of transporter tech, but he's also a brilliant man of, of, of science, could come up with uh, the trickiest antidote during commercial breaks. Uh, yeah, so, hey, Jose, that's a great, uh, that's a great one. Uh, I love McCoy, too, and uh, so that's that's very cool. Um, Pete, uh, Pete Foltz, uh, also, um, put in he, his favorite character. He said the Starfleet gardener, which was kind of like way out of left field. That's an interesting one, Pete. Um, his name is Boothby. Um, he said he was quite understated and had a lot of wisdom and dignity. Yeah. I like Boothby. I thought that was very cool. And I like the fact that it's, it's always been funny to me to think about Picard in his younger days being kind of this a bit of a crazy guy a bit of a you know crazy and and reckless somewhat you know and 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 it's obvious here that Boothby you know influenced him a lot as a cadet and everything like that so I I like that um I like that because you can see sort of Picard in there a little too so good pick uh, Pete and then the other one uh, other person Ryan Hunwick's he wrote in and, and uh, he says it's very tough. He says to to pick one, but um, he says <laughs> he, he, Ryan said it might be easier to pick the least favorite. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, uh, but but he ended up going with Picard. He says he was so great in the T- in TNG and in the movies. Uh, particular first contact was a super super performance. Um, Amazing that we only get uh, we oh amazing that we get not only a second but a third season of the the Picard show, uh, and yeah. So I guess I could mention I think I've said it a little bit briefly, but yeah, the that that looks good the season two trailer, and they've already been renewed for a season three. It makes me kind of wonder if season two will be um, 
like a complete storyline up. They'll be able to wrap everything up in that, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, Ryan also said, got to give a shout out to Beverly Crusher. Um, uh, was not a standout, standout fave for me. But uh, but what Gates is doing with her Investigates podcast is awesome. I haven't uh, I haven't checked that out yet. But yeah, Gates McFadden has a podcast out now, so give that a look. Um, and uh, he, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's so that's from Ryan. Okay, all right, that's that's good. Ah, uh, all right, and and people were very congratulating too. Of course, of of sixteen years of doing Treks and Sci-Fi. Hey, thanks for that, guys. I, I very much appreciate that. So let me roll my little die here. I've got a little sheet written down here. We'll pick a winner here between Pete, Ryan, and Jose. And it looks like the oldest. Okay, not the oldest. <laughs> I didn't mean that that way. I, I I meant the oldest is in the oldest entry who re- wrote in first. It was the way I did the numberings on my die roll. Anyway, it's Pete. Pete, you win um, the book and shoot me. I'll shoot you an email if I don't hear from you soon, but shoot me your um, uh, mailing address. I probably have it someplace. I think I do. But send it to me again just so I have make sure I have the most up-to-date one. And I'll get the book. Uh, I'll get the book sent over to you from Mr. Jeff Bezos himself from Amazon. Oh, by the way, I got to make mention you guys have all heard the news about William Shatner. I guess this is true and confirmed and everything. At first, I found it a little bit. I think it was because TMZ of all places reported it first, or at least the first thing I saw. But William Shatner is supposed to go in up into uh, well, is it technically space? I don't know how high they fly. I'm not going to get into that nuance. But uh, he's going up on Jeff Bezos's little ship or whatever with with Bezos next month and already in October. It's it's amazing that it's. Usually, you know, you always think about the old days of the space travel and space program. And, you know, when, when something would get announced, it was like months and months, if not a year or more away. And and now they just, this comes out and it's almost October. I'm not sure what the date is, if they've got an actual date set yet. But, hey, the idea of William Shatner at 90 uh, years old uh, going into space uh, or even close to space and, and, you know, the guy who played Kirk on TV that's super cool. We all have to admit that. I and I hope it's a, a safe journey, of course. And yeah, that'll be a <laughs> that'll be a big thing. It really will. I think. I think people are going to get a big kick out of it. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, I guess space travel is going uh, going. You know, <laughs> it's going down. You know, no longer run by NASA exactly, and and, and it's going to the private sector more and more. And as long as they do a good job with it, I mean, that's fine, right? There's no... I did see also they put out the Space Force uniforms or something, you know. What what are they actually doing? I I, I don't... I'm sorry. And I'm not really exactly... A lot of people are really laughing and making fun of this. And I'm not, not exactly doing that. But I'm like, okay, the Air Force handles, you know, fly flying and, fly, you know, air travel and whatever... I don't, not really air travel, but you guys know what I mean. You got the Navy, you got the Army on the ground, the Marines on the ground. But, I mean, I don't understand. There's no – we don't have a – it's not like that uh, Apple TV show or whatever. We don't have a base in space. You know, we have the International Space Station, but Space Force isn't going to go there, I don't think. And we don't have anything else going on. So I, I just don't get it. I'm like, <laughs> what? I don't even know how many people are in it yet uh, or whatever, but eh, – it just seems weird. It's like, uh, but all right. All right. We've blabbered. I blabbered a lot. Uh, um, 
couple as little things. There's a lot of great, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but a lot of great shows on. I've got my little list. A couple things I wanted to make mention of. Uh, Why the Last Man, I've watched a bit of that. Quite a bit different from the comic. Um, but, you know, so far okay. Um, that's on Hulu. Um, Doom Patrol is back. on. Uh, that's on HBO Max. The DC stuff is on HBO Max now. I watched the first episode of the new season. I think it's season three now. Teen Titans, or just actually it's called Titans, is also on HBO Max. That show has been a great, they've had a great season. I've been really enjoying it. Uh, so check that out if you're into the comic stuff. Uh, Foundation, based on the Isaac Asimov novel, novels, uh, that is on Apple TV. And yeah, I've watched the first two episodes. It's quite a bit different than the books. I, I, it's an amazing production. It looks fantastic. I, I don't know, though, yet. I, I'll, I'll just put it that way. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it is quite a bit different than the books. So, um, and a completely not, um, uh, this is a, a little bit of, I don't work for Apple, <laughs> but another plug for an Apple show, two actually things. Well, I've mentioned um, Ted Lasso before. Great show. Uh, not sci-fi. And, and another not sci-fi show that's really great is The Morning Show. And the reason I wanted to mention this, and I don't know if anybody, if this will make you want to watch it, but... They appear to be doing their season two uh, during the time when COVID first started. Uh, so that's very interesting. Uh, I thought they might just kind of skip over it uh, because the first season was like way back, you know, like everything is such, such a long lag time between seasons. I see another trailer to this morning for Umbrella Academy. Sorry. Well, I saw that, but um, actually I was trying to say Stranger Things. Umbrella Academy th season three is coming next year, but the um, uh, Stranger Things season four, I guess it is. And it seems like the last season was so long ago. And it, and they say in this trailer that it, it's still not coming until next year. Uh, I I just, uh, but I don't even know when they filmed that. I, 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 the kids do look older, of course. That's one of the things with those kind of shows. All right, I got to stop. We're almost a half hour, 25 minutes into this show. It'll be a bit of a longer one with the Discovery commentary coming next. But, um, hey, you could listen to this in two parts. Listen to all this stuff and then listen to the Discovery thing later if you want, if, you, if you're short on time. But, okay, let's get into this is Season 1, uh, Episode 4 of Star Trek Discovery. I'm not going to say that hugely long title again, but away we go. Previously on Star Trek Discovery... My captain, my friend, gone. It is our ruling that the defendant be stripped of rank and hereby sentenced to imprisonment for life. The only other female Michael I ever heard of was the mutineer. You're not her, are you? The Michael Burnham on my ship. 8,186. I would like to extend an official invitation to you to join the Discovery. We are creating a new way to fly, an organic propulsion system. Hold tight. You're in the Lari, the moons of Andoria, all those planets, all those places. And you're home like it never happened. What the hell could do this to a dozen Klingons? Run! Set phasers to kill! So is our new guest settled in? Your help start a war. Don't you want to help me end it? 
Okay, this uh, this first little scene that they're doing in the episode is very cool because you don't think it what it is ends up being. It, it's actually synthesizing uh, Burnham's uniform. You know, with a like a replicator. Burnham, Michael, temporary assignment to science division. USS They've never shown anything in that great a detail for being replicated, so I thought that was a super cool. Is complete. Super cool thing to do in the episode, or you know, in a Trek episode was rather than something just sort of beaming, like they would kind of show it almost like it was beaming in, you know, kind of at the microscopic level. So Michael's putting on this uniform. She doesn't have a com badge of any kind or anything. Computer, cancel mirror. You look smart. It's a lot less scary than your convict suit. <laughs> like a clean slate, right? <laughs> it's not quite as easy as that. Tilly back in was was back in this time was so innocent, you know. When the ping went off, and I was fully clothed, so I thought, well, I'll save you a trip to the depot. Tilly. Yes, less, less extraneous words. It's not gonna shut up till you open it. So Tilly brings her this little kind of suitcase, kind of a carry bag thing. Burnham, Michael. Do you accept the last will and testament of Captain Philippa Giorgio? I'm sorry, I didn't know. Michael Burnham to the bridge. So she just, Burnham slides it away uh, underneath her bed. She's not kind of really ready to deal with it. Um, again, I, I, I still I still say that I, I, I still feel like... You know, her idea of this big-time criminal was a little bit forcing the issue, sort of. As first officer, I take pride in knowing every name and assignment on the crew manifest. You were to be on the prison transport shuttle that left yesterday. Captain Lorca offered me an opportunity. I can tell by your threat, Ganglia, that you weren't consulted. The captain keeps his own counsel. Had he inquired, I'd have suggested the duty roster lacked any opening for a mutineer. A valuable asset. That's what you called me. I was speaking hypothetically, politely, and as someone who was certain I would never see you again. You can tell your threat, Ganglia, to relax. I'm only here to help. My Ganglia remain unconvinced. Scanners. I like the uh, the turbulent banter. Scanners come from two Klingon birds of prey. heading away at offset vectors. Charge main phase is a full. Let's take them out before they know we're here. Charging. Vectors received. We've been located and are being scanned. Keep the warp engines top hot. Landry waiting. Solution calculated. Firing main phasers. First target destroyed. Second bird of prey still in the fight. Take it out. They're firing torpedoes. Shield Diverting power. Commander. We're all dead. Very nice. Very polite. Now, Discovery is now the only Starfleet ship with a displacement activated spore hub drive, which means when it's up and running, we will be able to materialize anywhere in the known universe, behind enemy lines, above the Klingon homeworld, anywhere. But we will be alone. We will not have backup. There's just 
us. And we get one chance to get it right. I still like Lorca a lot. We'll do better you, next time, sir. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what's we'll coming if you don't worse. know, but yeah, hopefully you do. Mr. Saru, run the simulation again. And again. Burn it with me. You heard the captain? But he, he's just... I like him. Working. He's something no-nonsense about him that I like. Vessel filled with wide-eyed explorers. You know what they need us to do, don't you? They need us to win. They need us to survive, Burner. Wanna know how you're gonna help me do that? I'm happy to assist Lieutenant Stamets with the refinement of the spore drive. Said the xenoanthropologist. I also study quantum mechanics at the Vulcan Science Academy, sir. I know. But I'm gonna put you to better use. I like this how the um, the lights on Discovery are all like sensor controlled. They don't come on until you come into the room. I guess they're saving power. So uh, Lorca takes her into this little trophy slash weird room he's got. These are some of the deadliest weapons in the galaxy. I study war. And this is where I hone my craft. I try to learn from the best. So he kind of points her in the direction of uh, this, this blacked-out area. Find uniquely interesting. You've met once before. That's a natural aversion to light. Same as me. Why would you keep something so dangerous on board your own ship? That thing killed a dozen Klingons on the Glen. There's not a scratch on it from their battlers. If we're gonna win this thing, if we're gonna have a chance of saving the Federation, everyone in it, we need the best weapons available. So what material is in a claw that can shred the hull of a ship? What's a hide made of that can withstand? The firepower of a face was set to kill. I need you to find out. And weaponize it. Ah, okay. Alright, so opening credits. Here we go. Let's it, dial it down a little bit. Alright, let's talk a little bit about the episode here. Like I said, this is episode four of season one. The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Yeah, it was uh, first aired on October 8th, 2017. So about four years ago. Because uh, 2017, four years, gosh, it's hard to believe we've four years. Although, when you think about it, since we're going to get season four of Discovery starting in November, even with the COVID you know, delays and everything, that's not too bad, really. Four years, four seasons. Um, this is written by Jesse Alexander and Aaron L.A. Colette. Directed by Olatunde Osamani. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Osasanami. Osasanami, I think, is how you say his name. All right. So, in-universe in, in date is uh, November 2056. This is, like I said, picking up. This picks up right after the, the third episode, you know. Because you heard the Turbolift stuff about, uh, you know, Burnham was supposed to leave on that prison transport shuttle. She didn't. That was just like the day before. So now she's getting kind of 
acclimated to Discovery and her duties there. And as she's finding out, well, I got to deal with this tardigrade thing. That's what Burnham's basically assigned her to do. There's a bit of, uh, quite a bit of Klingon stuff in this. I'll try to read the subtitles as they go. So, all right, we're back, um, back kind of near where the battle, the big battle happened. Where this is, uh, Volk, um, hopefully, just had a couple of power flickers here. Tukovma, my god, it has been six months since your ship was disabled and the war began. We are left behind in disrepair. Your followers are hungry. Help me guide them to nourishment. You are an artist now? This is Laurel. We have scavenged through the debris field, or in the debris field. There are no birds of prey that we require to restart our engines. There is one ship. We will not have this discussion again. The Shenzhou is within range. It may have been abandoned, but it still has an intact dilithium or something. This is the very ship that Tukubman died on. To fuse its technology with our... Oh, he didn't die on that, actually. Sorry. I saw your smile when you picked the meat from her smooth skull. Yeah. As Tukubman perished in my arms, I swore to keep his fire lit. To resist assimilation, assimilation, sorry. To lead his followers. But now they slowly die of hunger. On this ghost ship. His legacy dies with them. I cannot allow it. What good is purity if it leads only to death? Laurel says. My father was Tukovma's blood kin, but my mother was House Mokai. The Watcher Clan, the Deceivers, the Weaver of Lies. When I was a child, this is Lorel, she gave me a batleth and told me to cleave my own heart, to choose one house over the other. Instead, I built a bridge to serve both. Now it is your turn to build. To go into that graveyard and bring back the Shenzhou's processing unit. For the good of your people, you must go to that ship. Scans indicate a diet likely based on foraging for vegetation or other passive means of obtaining nutrition. Lorca thought you and I would make a good team. Your science, my tactics. Together we can deal with Lorca's little monster. How do you know it's a monster, Commander? Because I've seen what it's capable of. So have you. Yeah, what you're capable of and what Let's you are are two different things, but... It's what it looks like. So this is her, uh, it does. you know, Lorca's security Your Landry character. Appears to share some natural traits with the tardigrade species. A docile creature that lives in the waters of the earth. A micro-animal. Capable of surviving extreme heat and sub-freezing temperatures. Did you say microscopic? In our case, somehow macroscopic. How did it get on the Glen? All the recent logs were corrupted. 
But the Glen's captain made an earlier entry that security detected a stowaway. There was no hole breach. And no unregistered microbiota in the transporter's pattern buffer. But this was found, rummaging around in the lower cargo decks. We need to find something Lorca can use on this thing. Poison sacks, pain inducers, rage glands. You judge the creature by its appearance and by one single incident from its past. Nothing in its biology suggests it would attack, except in self-defense. Commander, this creature is an unknown alien. It can only be what it is, and not what you want it to be. It's amazing how much I hate Vulcan proverbs. You're new here, so let me share a piece of wisdom. Lorca isn't interested in what you are. He's interested in what you can do for him. And if he needs us to make that thing useful in his war effort, that's what we're going to do. I always think about this when there's force fields like that. It's like, do they let sound through? I guess they do. Some, I guess they always have prisoners and they can talk. Admiral Cornwell? I didn't realize you were eating, Captain. Screws breach protocol. We just received a distress signal from the planetoid Corvan 2, a mining colony. Yeah, the Aneto system, I know it. Sending it through now. We're under Klingon attack. Control ships have been destroyed. Our magnetic shields are degrading under bombardment. They will fail in six hours. Find cover! We need immediate evacuation. We need immediate evacuation. Corvan 2 generates 40% of the Federation's dilithium. Pipeline's cut off. That's half the fleet ground. Klingons ambushed the blockade that was protecting the colony, and now the closest Federation ship is 84 hours away. Yours is the only ship in the fleet with a chance of getting there on time. Is the Discovery ready to jump? I told you we'd be ready when you called, and we are. The Discovery's made dozens of small jumps with no issues. We can make it the full distance. You have no doubts? None. There is no way in hell we'll be ready to jump that you far. You told me you knew why the Glen failed. The Glen crashed into an undetectable Hawking radiation firewall when it exited from a mycelial plane. As a result, all the biologicals on board spun out. You could prevent that from happening again, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what's the problem? Captain, yeah. as I've problem? explained to you, every time we try a long jump, we lose navigational stability. Remember, jumping is probabilistic. The longer the jump, the more possible outcomes. I get it. It's trial and error. Let's try something. We lack the processing power to make the requisite number of calculations to hold a course. So what were they doing that we're not? We took this tech from Straw's lab on the Glen. It was an augmentation to their navigation system. I've incorporated it into our drive unit, but it won't load completely. To function optimally, it would appear to require some kind of supercomputer. You must have missed that on the Glen, sir. Being chased by a lethal monster in a death trap surrounded by Klingon bodies is distracting, but no, I would have noticed an extra supercomputer. That's just me. What's yeah. that thing? <laughs> that thing is what we took off the Glen. It interacts with the spore drive somehow, but I think it's missing a part or something. I can't get it to activate. Uh, <clears throat> in exactly five hours, 49 minutes, and 46 seconds, uh, the Klingons will take Corvan too. Captain. This it's weird they can have such a time limit on that. You know, like they need us now. I guess their shields are going to hold that long or something. There are but. some things I could try to extend the jump range. Get it done. 
You're welcome. So we're back with the Klingons now. Cole. Cole. And it's uh, Laurel and Volk. What is the reason for this visit? The last time, uh, on the eyes of the eve of war, I hurled disrespect. Now I come with humility. Tukovma teaches that in a united Klingon Empire, no one kneels but our foe. Wise words. But the words don't win wars. Sometimes they do. Your house ship has what no one else has. Cloaking technology that can crush Starfleet. We need you back in the fight. We have scavenged the dead vessels floating around us in the graveyard, left by our battle with Starfleet. Six months since that fight, we are almost operational again. But we still lack a dilithium processor. We are almost out of food, too. But as Tukuvma taught us, what belongs to House Tukuvma belongs to House Kor. May the words of something of our Messiah also sustain us. Remain Klingon. Remain Klingon. Like, dudes, nobody wants you to not be Klingon. You're amongst Klingons. Captain, be advised that the spore drive is online and primed. Primed? Can you control where we're going or not? It's possible, maybe even likely, but done. Open shipwide communication? Yes, Captain. Attention all personnel. Stealth protocol. Run silent. Black alert. Black alert. All crew to battle stations. We need to be ready for whatever's on the other side of that jump. Disengage shields. Shields are offline. Standing by. Oh, this is the first time we really see a full jump with Discovery, spinning hull, and all that stuff. Yeah. And the tardigrade is going crazy. Tactical. We got all available power from impulse over to phasers. Webs are double hot. Engineering? Spore drive is online. Plot destination for Corban 2. At your pleasure, Captain. Go. The sensors indicate external temperature of. They went offline. It's too hot. That is not Corman 2. No, sir, it is not. Stuck in a gravity well of an O-type star. Collision is imminent. Collision is not an option. Yeah, so they jumped, but they messed up. Wrong off-ramp, Lieutenant Stamets. My nav buffer overloaded. I, I couldn't hold the plotting. Oh, rear thrusters engaging. the gravitational well. Re-engage warp drive. Got us the hell out of Dodge, Mr. Saru. Aye, aye, Captain. 
This had better be good. Lorca's on the warpath. Look, the moment the spore drive came online, the creature's central nervous system showed micro patterns of activity in the frontopolar cortex. Well, you said it hates light. Maybe it didn't want to crash into a sun. It reacted before we jumped. I saw it cry out in distress. It's more likely a connection to the spore drive itself. I don't see how that's relevant to Ripper's aggression. It may not be, but it helps us understand its motives and behavior. Understanding how it feels was not our mission. Captain needs to know how it fights and kills. Lorca told me to keep you on track, that your curiosity might lead you astray. We're not letting him down. Hold still, or you'll wind up looking like a Tellarite. How's the patient, Dr. Culber? Well, I took care of the skull fractures first. Another millimeter and the palatine bone would have pierced his cortex. The frontal lobe is overrated. It only contains memory and emotional expression that's completely unnecessary. Well, I'll save it. You know, just in case you might want to have a feeling one day. Gentlemen, every starship in the galaxy, including under Federation, runs on dilithium crystals. We can't protect Corvan. The war is lost. So. Can you fix Lieutenant's inability to get our ship to go where it's supposed to go? I warned you, Captain. It's the first time, time we get to see Hugh here component on uh, the ship. The is no longer a science vessel. It's a warship. That is not the mission I signed on for. I'm not a soldier. Then get off. Leave the ship. If I go, I'm taking everything with me. My spores, my drive. This entire ship was designed around my scientific specialty. Everything on this ship is a property of Starfleet, Lieutenant. How do you want to be remembered in history? Alongside the Wright brothers, Elon Musk, Zephyrin Cochran? Or as a failed fungus expert? A selfish little man who puts the survival of his own ego before the lives of others. Are you done? Well, you have some blood on your face. And your hands, Lieutenant. Get back to work. Fix the problem. Uh, computer open a shipwide hail. Working. Confirmed. Broadcasting shipwide. Computer play the audio transmissions from Corbett. Jason Isaacs threw in uh, Elon Musk there when he was recording. Because he wanted to uh, get a Tesla from Elon Musk. Is dead. Our bunker is collapsing. Mommy! So Lorca pulls kind of a nasty one here, where he's like letting the crew hear everything that's going on in this world that's basically getting wiped out. Particular printing is offline. My team can't breathe. I don't know if anyone is listening to this, but if you are, goodbye. We're doing this. So Landry just pulls out a, a big phaser rifle. Mist into the containment pen. Wait, wait, why are you sedating it? I'm gonna lop off its claws so you can figure out what makes this thing so good at killing Klingons. I do not think that's a good idea. We have no idea what effects sedation may Yeah, Landry, probably We've better not do that. Don't do it. Sedation protocol complete. Computer, open containment pen. Tardigrade chomped it. Chomp 
looked at Landry pretty hard. Emergency transport, Sigbay. She's pretty ripped up. Find a use for that creature. Don't let her death be in vain. So I guess the actress was was a little bit surprised that she was being killed off in, you know, the fourth episode. I don't even know if she was in the first couple of episodes, right? I think just this third one, the fourth one, but uh Okay, so now we're zapped back over to where the Klingon uh battle happened. Uh we're on the pretty destroyed uh Shenzhou the bridge. It's a pretty cool view. It's all been, you know, open to space, it's everything's all messed up. So I think this is Voke over here on the ship. Atmosphere pressurization complete. No, I think that's... Eh, it is Voke, okay. Yeah. Couldn't remember if it was Morel or Voke that went over there. But. Lorel, there is nothing on this, on this deck. Oh, or in the captain's ready room. I have located the dilithium processor. The coupling unit is covered in crystal residue. Unplugging the processor could cause some problem. One sudden move and we join the black fleet. I will free it. Lorel, we didn't always view the things the same way, but I have come to know you. As one who is astute, more astute than I. Thank you, my lord. Why do you call me that? Tukubma made you his successor. Surely you doubted his choice. Tukubma barely knew me, while you served at his side for years. Tukubma saw something in you. The purity of devotion. I do not want the mantle of leadership. Standing behind you, I am free to move. Able to be your enforcer, defender, campaigner. Why didn't they blow the, sh the Shenzhou up when they abandoned ship? I don't understand that. They shouldn't leave. I am fortunate, Vogue says. Shall we uncouple? Question <laughs> mark. There was always this sort of like, even though they say there was no romantic involvement between these two, I always see that it feels like it's there, you know. Thank Tukovma. So they pulled the little processor out. Something we will go back to the ship.
door. I received your message. What is it you so urgently need my help with? I've been thinking about the way I treated you on the Shenzhou. At times, I was very unfair. You often undermined me, dismissed my opinions out of hand. You wouldn't be wrong to call me out for being selfish. But I can't help notice that your threat gangly are quiet now. Fascinating. You're trying to gauge my response to that thing in the pen, aren't you? Commander Landry was about to attack the creature. And I believe her death was an act of self-defense on its part. And now, based on your lack of threat response, I'm ready to submit that the creature's primary drive is not aggressive. It's not a predator. You have not changed an iota, Burnham. Your contrite words were insincere. They were necessary. I was wrong to question your place on the crew. You will fit in perfectly with Captain Morka. Yeah. Saru's a little stuck up, you know, truthfully, you know. Why she, are you on the Glen? She did the right thing. What were you looking for? Spores are the one thing the Discovery and Glenn had in common. Stamets would kill me if he knew I was bringing you these. You should probably go. I appreciate you taking the risk. But this could be dangerous. Unless we get the drive online, we're not going to make it to Corvan too. All those people are going to die. And I can't help them. I can help you. So she got this Stay Tilly back. bring her this uh keep still. This uh little uh container of spores from the spore drive. I brought you something. Brought you a little snack. I think you might like. If you don't, well they can blame whatever happens on my curiosity. Computer open containment pen. goes up near the tardigrade, opens the little spore in a little container, and the tardigrade comes closer to the spores, of course, that are flowing out. Tilly's tricorder images from our mission on the Glen. Look, the doors to the engineering room were blown outward. The shatter pattern of the reaction cube, the destruction. So, she, so now Burnham's informing like Stamets of what she crazy. sees and found. A very big something. Then there's the excess shielding surrounding the room. 
It's as if the crew was trying to keep something in. What's your hypothesis? That Strahl was holding that thing in his lab? Captain's log said they found the creature in their lower decks. I remember you chided Strahl about not growing his own, like you do. You were talking about mushrooms. They didn't have a forest on the Glen like Discovery has. If they stored their mushrooms dry, it would have to be in tremendous quantities in their lower stores, right there, where the creature first appeared. It entered the ship in pursuit of the mushrooms. They're spores, actually. This ship's spore drive travels on a network of mycelium that's spread across the entire galaxy. We just can't control where we go. But maybe the tardigrade can. Strahl said he found a way to solve the navigation problem. You said his modifications needed a supercomputer, right? What if its name is Ripper? The phaser will only piss him off. Think of it as a placebo for my skepticism. Energize. So they beam the uh, tardigrade into I where the right. spore. Look how it interacts with the spores. It's as if like they're garden or whatever it is. My tricorder is detecting energy transfer. Some form of symbiosis. It is talking to them. That hardly seems fair. I always wanted to converse with my mushrooms. <sighs> Not just converse. Maybe even tell them where to go. If we can figure out how to interact with that tech from the Glen, we may be looking at our new navigator. So supposedly there was a, there was talk that that the tardigrade was going to become like a part of the crew in, in some of the background stuff on this episode. It was actually going to be sort of somehow become like the chief engineer. <laughs> Provisions from my ship. I provided some. This is Cole again. And your crew fell in line behind me. The price of loyalty is low for those who are starving. You failed. You are as useless as you are ugly, son of none. Tukovma anointed me. I am the torchbearer. And for that privilege. You allowed a human to extinguish his light. The star of Kalis was lit by Tukubba. The great houses are now something. Uh, until we defeat the Federation, then we will divide again. But your strange ship, her crew and cloaking technology, will now serve me. I would sooner die, Vogue says. It is yours, my lord. Morel gives a... Uh, and she grabs some of this food. I know a more fitting fate. 
Dump him in the grave of our enemy. Let's try this again. Did I keep saying Morel or something? Her name is Laurel. Yeah. Mrs. Stamets. Mary Chifo becomes, you know, by, pretty Captain. important Klingon. Energize. We just transported the tardigrade into the reaction cube. Okay, so yeah, the tardigrade's the in the little the cell. Is activating. This is every charted star system. The tardigrade is holding all these coordinates in its head. Course is set for Corvan 2. We're ready to jump, sir. Is anybody not ready? Go. Yeah, so it's a shield. Shielded colony here. I always think like, who cares about the colony? Just go, go get the dilithium. Is the dilithium under the colony? Yeah. Oh, and Discovery just zapped in and just blew everything out out of the water. Targets one and two destroyed. Oh, sorry. Two of them. Captain. Initiating full stop, Captain. Multiple Klingon vessels converging. Diverting all non-essential power to shields. The birds are at 1,000 kilometers in close. Their phases are locked, Captain. Hold tight, everybody. Steady. Shields holding at 80%. 75. 65. Engineering. Spore drive is primed, Captain. On my order. Birds of prey closing in at 500 kilometers. Shields at 30%. He's pulling them in tight. Coordinates input. Ready to jump. I need them closer. Wait. Let's send our Klingon friends a message they won't forget. And go. So they basically spore drive jumped out and then left some monster size like photon torpedoes or something and took out all the Klingons at once. Who saved us? Who saved us? Who was that masked man? That's a good shot of Discovery when it jumps out. It got pretty beat up though. It's pretty impressive that they could jump with like getting bombarded like that and nearly shields gone, but but it's exciting. It was a good, uh, I like this scene. Of course, Tardigrade's not too happy basically being this little like nav slave and eventually you know for everybody who's probably listening who knows discovery stamets eventually takes that role commander michael burnham vulcan science academy commencement 2249 recipient vulcan science <laughs> to kovma my lord they left me here to die. In the nest of the vermin who took your life. My faith tells me this is not the end. 
So, my faith tells me. Oh, he says it again. Okay, wait. Volk. Oh, Laurel beams over. You renounced me to save your life. It won't be long before Cole realizes I'm gone. We need to go after them, make House Tukovma whole again. They belong to Cole. Now we must strategize in order to convince the 24 houses to follow Tukovma's teachings. You must win this war. Prove to all you are the one, the true torchbearer. You speak as if you have a way. I do. I've stolen a raider and will take you to the home of the Mokai. I will leave you with the matriarchs, who will expose you to things you never thought possible. But it comes at a cost. What must I sacrifice? Everything. And of course, we all know that Volk eventually becomes human-looking. <laughs> and becomes part of Discovery's crew and all that infiltrates and everything, so... Spoiler alert, but hey, four years. So, uh, the tardigrades back were uh, in, in the little holding cell. Burnham's there with another little uh, container of spores. Brought you the good stuff. It's like uh, it's like Spock with his pet Salon. It's uh, you know, Burnham's her pet uh, tardigrade. So now we're back in the uh, in the quarters with Tilly and, and Burnham. I like the fact that she's not in her own quarters. I, I always like this idea, you know, Long that night, huh? they don't really ever show this much in Star Trek because it's always the big officers and they're always in their Everybody's own quarters. Everybody's talking about what you did. You helped save many on that colony. Seems like you're gonna have another reputation to get used to. I want the pillows with the pillowcase that have the USS Discovery uh, logo on them. It's funny, you know, there's... It's probably none of my business, but my mother used to say, um, that's not true. I mean, my, my mother never really said anything to me unless she was criticizing my hair. But you... Her little suitcase thing is binging at her, pinging. I don't know, I just think... If it made its way across the galaxy to find you, you should open it. And you shouldn't be afraid to open it. Because I watched you tame the most incredible creature, and, well, you're not afraid of anything. But isn't, that's none of my business. Oh, 
Ghibli's pretty smart, pretty wise when you think about it, so. Uh... Alright, so, uh, yeah, of course, Burnham gets out of her bunk, pulls out the case. Identity confirmed. Burnham Michael. Do you accept the last will and testament of Captain Philippa Giorgio? I accept. Hello, Michael. I hope that wherever this finds you, you are well. I imagine you have your own command now, the captain of your own ship. I have always tried to show you by example. The best way to know yourself is to know others. You are curious, an explorer. So I am leaving you my most beloved possession, handed down through my family for centuries. My hope is that you will use it to continue to investigate the mysteries of the universe, both inside and out. And keep your eyes and heart open always goodbye michael and good luck Makes know that i am as proud of you as if you were my own daughter take good care but more importantly take good care of those in your care I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something about, uh... Got distracted by, uh... So it's a telescope. It's an old, beat-up telescope that, uh... Giorgio had her in a ready room on, uh... Shenzhou. And I think that's it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll dial down the music here a little bit. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, really like that episode, actually. Watching it again. It's probably. Um, I think I kind of ran through the first season once before. So I don't know. Maybe this is the third time I've seen this episode. Prior to, I think, watching the second season, I think I'd watch the first season again. But yeah, a lot of good stuff going on in here. I really still think, again, I, I feel like out of, out of um, some of the more recent Trek series, you know, even TNG is pretty famous for not having a great first season. I think the original series had an amazing first season, but that was a totally different time. But, but I really think Discovery really had a very, very solid first season. Um but um yeah so that's that episode i'm gonna click out of this uh paramount plus app <laughs> no one wants paramount plus anymore or whatever they're uh oh by the way speaking of paramount plus they um let me uh i'm gonna adjust a couple things on my settings here take out my ear earphones for the episode um paramount plus i just read that they're gonna have the new james bond movie at first i thought it was maybe gonna be a simultaneous thing in 
you know, in theaters and on, on Paramount Plus. But it looks like what I looked up and read yesterday that it's a 45-day delay. So if you're still someplace or some way or somehow or whatever your own choice is about, um, about the uh, going to th- movie theaters, uh, you'll be able to watch it on Paramount Plus if you have that. Along with, you know, all these other things. We've got the Dune movie in, in uh, October here in the U.S. I know it's already been released overseas. That's going to be on HBO Max at the same time as it is uh, as it is in theaters here. I, I definitely want to go see that in the theater. I have a friend that lives over in Europe and Germany, and he's already seen it twice. It's already been released over there, and he says it was really, really epic and really good. So looking forward to that. Um but yeah, yeah, we got a lot of uh, actually James Bond movies pretty pretty soon, just a couple weeks away from that one. I think it's the sixth or so of October, something like that. It's uh, the first first full week of October it releases here. So, all right, folks, we're about an hour and fifteen or so into the podcast, uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I hope you enjoyed the you know previous stuff. Uh, congrats again to Pete for winning the contest. Uh, like I said earlier, next week will probably be a repeat show or, or a guest host. Maybe I'll, I'll check with Mark and see if he's available to do another guest spot. And then I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And looking further into October, I plan to do um, a Halloween vidcast. i got to lay out the – probably lay out today the upcoming October schedule. Uh, yeah. Oh, a couple other little things. That Star Wars Visions show on um, that's on Disney Plus – that's pretty cool. These short little anime style, um, different different takes on Star Wars a bit. Uh, I've only watched the first three, I think. I think there's maybe seven or eight. Um, I'll probably watch a couple more later today. But yeah, that that is really, really good. Really like that. And What If continues to be good on Marvel uh, or, or for Marvel on Disney Plus as well. The last one with Thor. They've had some kind of downer ones, really, truthfully. Marvel Zombies. You know, Doctor Strange episode was a little bit of a downer. So this most recent one, if you want a little cleanse, uh, the most recent episode with uh, Thor uh, was a lot of fun and, and not a downer really at all. So watch that one if you um, if you uh, if you do watch those, I think you'll enjoy it. So all right, everyone, I'm out of here. One last comment: uh, if you want to support the podcast, I just had to pay the annual dues for the hosting fees. Um, anyway, that is over at patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. If you want to support the, the show via Patreon for a dollar to a month or whatever you feel like, uh, again, thanks to everyone that does that. Appreciate you guys very much and thank you and anybody else. If you'd like to do that, there you go. That's how you do it. Uh, and that's all. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Dusty Podcast Production.